Welcome to our third Compassion Initiative podcast. My name's Stan Steindl and with me is James Kirby. Hello, James. G'day, Stan. Good to be back. Great to be back. And um, we just wanted to give a little shout out today to our mums, uh, who I think, um, James, you'd agree that uh, our mums are, really are our, our greatest supporters, but also I think in many ways we both feel that our mums taught us a lot about compassion. Oh, I completely agree with you on that front. When I think of compassion, I often think of my mum. Hi, mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> now, the other thing that I noticed, this is our third podcast, and after our last couple of podcasts, I noticed a little bit of criticism sneak in, in my own mind. I, I started to think, you know, was it good enough? Was it any good at all? Is it interesting? Um, and I, I know that we're trying, we're, we're just two guys, you know, Brisbane, Australia, sitting in a room chatting about compassion. I know that we're not trying to, um, sort of be the be all and end all for this stuff, but I noticed a little bit of self-criticism kicking in. Um, well, did, did you notice any of that? Yes, um, I did. And it, it, I mean, it is a bit you know, nerve-wracking when you start talking about some of these things and putting it out there, I suppose, for people um, to listen to. But it is funny sometimes when we just pause and try to reflect on what's that inner chatter going on in the mind. And I can definitely fall into the trap of going, is this good enough or is it as good as someone else's? Or or even thinking to myself, ah, oh, Stan's making some really good points here. I need to keep up with him on this. Oh, goodness, I need to go and read more. Um, but no, yeah, it does come in, doesn't it? Mm. It's surprising with how loud it can be. Mm. And I think uh, it was really useful to reflect on that because uh, today's topic uh, for us to discuss is kind of in a funny sort of a way a bit the antidote to self-criticism, and that is this notion of, of self-compassion. Uh, one of the things that seems to be really important about compassion is the, the flow of compassion. So mm-hmm. that might include um, one's compassion for others uh, and sending compassion. Another might be receiving compassion from others. Yes. But then there's this third piece, and that is the notion of self-compassion, of, of compassion from self to self. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the people, or two of the people that are really important in this area of, of self-compassion is Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. Um, tell us a bit about, you know, their point of view when it comes to self-compassion. Yeah, uh, Kristen Neff's done a, a lot of work um, over the last 10, 15 years, uh, really pioneering this area of self-compassion. She's got a great book called uh, Self-Compassion that um, people can look up on Google. And Christopher Germer also has a terrific book called The Mindful Path to Self-Compassion, which also provides not only um, um, some great ideas about what self-compassion is, but also some uh, very helpful exercises about incorporating self-compassion more into your day-to-day life. But both have really... uh, sort of come to the, this view, and I, and I think Kristen says it best when she sort of describes self-compassion as being at a point when we suffer and caring for ourselves as we would care for someone we truly love. Self-compassion includes self-kindness, a sense of common humanity, and mindfulness. And that's a, that's a quote of Kristen Neffson when she tries to describe self-compassion, 
And I think what's really important about that definition, it's not just about ourselves, it's the fact that we're all very similar in what we struggle with, much like you mentioned before with your self-critic coming up. I too was also having some of that self-criticism. So we're not alone in self-compassion. Although self is in it, part of it is really about understanding that we're all cut from the same cloth, so to speak. Mm. And it's the thing I've noticed is that, that self-compassion is really difficult. Um, we all, especially here in the West, I suppose, we, we have a much greater tendency towards self-criticism, uh, towards thinking that self-criticism is somehow a motivator or is going to get us to get the job done or improve us or something like that. But often, um, actually, self-criticism ends up being demotivating. It, it makes us feel anxious. It makes us feel self-doubting. Um, the, the, the inner voice itself can be critical and harsh and mean. Um, and we're left, um, you know, sort of feeling less able, uh, less motivated, uh, whereas self-compassion is really about trying to um, kind of catch us when we fall, mm. uh, that when, when something happens that goes wrong or we fail or we don't perform in the way that, that really we'd like to, self-compassion is, is there sort of to, ca to catch us, yeah. where we say, are able to say to ourselves, you know, okay, this really is a moment of anxiety or failure or suffering. And, um, you know, everybody fails yes. at some point or other. Everyone mm. makes mistakes. Mm. Uh, for that matter, everyone suffers. Mm. Um, what is it that I really need right now to help support myself or mm. be kind to myself and and to, to kind of get through this moment? Oh, absolutely. And, it, it, it's funny, it seems to make perfect sense, yet we can find it really difficult to, to use and draw upon and uh, because there's all that belief, and I know I, I struggle with this all of the time, that, you know, that, that critic really is there to make me better. But as you mentioned, when I really sl stop and, and slow down, often that critic just makes me feel like I'm, I am not good enough at, at what I am doing and that doesn't really want to sort of motivate me to try harder the next time. It almost wants me to get away from everything that I've been doing. Um, Whereas self-compassion's uh, so much different. I often think about uh, the analogy to a you know a child riding a bike. You know, if a, a child's riding a bike without the training wheels for the first time and falls over, what kind of approach would I have to that child? Would it be the critical voice? Mm. You know, what's wrong with you? Why did you stuff up there? Or would it be like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, we all fall off the bike to begin with. Let's, let's jump back on and have another crack. Um, and I think it's about, and that's what Chris and Neff really indicated, it's about directing that kindness to that child or to that other person or to that dear friend or loved one to yourself. And I think sometimes that's the easiest thing to do. Okay, now if this was somebody else, what would I say? What would I offer? Um, how would I be supportive? And then offer that to yourself. Because sometimes I find an easier way to, to work into this what can be challenging area of self-compassion. The, the thing that Paul Gilbert sort of adds to that that I really find quite um, practically useful is that all of that is also done with a friendly voice. That self-criticism is a harsh and mean voice, mm -hmm. but self-compassion comes along with a friendly voice, a voice that's soft or mm -hmm. warm or, or friendly. Mm -hmm. um, just as we would, as you say, 
to a child. Mm. We speak in a way that soothes. Mm. Uh, and trying to translate that to um, self-soothing, I suppose, is a big part of the self-compassion. Um, I remember I just this morning, I, I live in one of those houses that's sort of, you know, you're upstairs and the garage is downstairs and you have to walk down some stairs to get there. And so I went down this morning and, and um, got to the car and I'd forgotten my keys. I'd left them upstairs. And the first thing that came to mind was, you idiot, you stupid, you always do this. And it was ooh, like this venom yes, that yes. just started to attack me in, in my mind. But happily this morning, I actually then said to myself, hey, 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 it's okay, Stan, it's all right. Mm. People forget their keys sometimes, you know, this, this is all right. Just wander back upstairs, grab your keys, get in the car and you can go. And it was this really interesting sort of, um, kind of slight delay, but the self-compassion kicked in. Mm. And I was able to, to treat myself in a much more respectful, kinder, and, and to be honest, you know, soothing and therefore less stressful kind of way. Yes, and uh, I think what you were saying there, it was really noticeable just that even when you were just sort of, you know, talking about that, just the shift in the tone of your voice and how you were referring to the mistake mm. um, or forgetting your keys, something I can definitely relate to. Can mm. I ask, when you hopped in the car and as you were driving to work, were you thinking about that incident much or had you moved on after you dealt with it in a more self-compassionate? I moved on relatively quickly, but there, but, but the, the drive out of the driveway was, was kind of, <sighs> okay. it was like that. It, it felt like this little sense of, of satisfying relief that I wasn't continuing with that, that, that berating. Was there a part of you that ever thought as you were driving after you sort of related to yourself in a more self-compassionate way that um, if I keep being like this, self-compassionate, I'll just keep forgetting the keys. So <laughs> don't be too kind on yourself because otherwise you'll just keep forgetting the keys and that's no good. Like, yeah. you know, did that ever come up? No, that didn't creep in. Okay. No, I, I feel like, you know, self-compassion would say, you'll forget the keys again. Yes. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's okay. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. okay to forget the keys sometimes because that's what people do. Um, what instead actually happened, I think, is that it helped me to set an intention for the rest of the day. That here I was actually starting from a place of self-compassion and maybe I can just keep that front of mind for the rest of the day as mm. well. Mm. In fact, you've got a really nice infogra infographic on that notion of how to start the day. Can you just remind us about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so we'll put, make this available on the website as well for people to easily um, access. But essentially about that intention for the day, one way of perhaps engaging in a morning routine would be to, when you first wake up, perhaps just settle into some uh, restful breathing. Um, and then secondly, then just welcome yourself uh, to the day like you would a dear friend. And that might sound a little silly to begin with, um, and as soon as you even contemplate that thought of welcoming yourself like this, you know, uh, morning, James, <laughs> you can't help but feel, um, I, you know, like your whole body just starts laughing and, and that's setting that intention of friendliness, of warmth that you want to relate to yourself with, uh, which is what self-compassion is kind of about in many ways. 
And then after relating to yourself in that way, start to consider to yourself, you know, if I was at my best, if I was at my most compassionate, how would I act? What would I say? What would I respond to uh, a difficulty with? How would I do this? And just sort of imagine it just for a minute or two and then kind of try to set that as the intention for the remainder of the day is a nice way of starting to perhaps relate to yourself with a little bit more self-compassion. That's beautiful. <laughs> and it is a really useful um, concept and practical approach. One of the things that you mentioned with the definition of self-compassion is um, mindful awareness. And one of the components of compassion generally is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess it, it's occurred to me, I wonder whether that perhaps should be something that we talk about next time. Oh, that, that we yeah. think about mindfulness as a kind of a foundation yeah. for compassion and self-compassion. Oh, I think that's great. You often hear that phrase, um, that mindfulness and compassion are two wings to a bird. You know, you kind of need both to fly. So I think uh, talking about next week sounds uh, very interesting. I think a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of mindfulness too. So I think for uh, people out there, um, they'd be quite interested in, in a bit more, hearing a bit more about mindfulness. All right. Well, thanks for another fascinating conversation, James. <laughs> um, and um, we will be back again next week. Thanks, James. Thanks, Dan.